What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Bench Chatter, the Common Man's NBA podcast. I'm your host, Noah, bringing you guys a Fantasy Basketball Week 5 preview. Um, And we're four weeks through the season now, fellas. Um, You're really probably going to be able to tell by now if your team is good or bad. Um, But it doesn't really matter at this point so far. If your team's bad, you know, you still have plenty of time to turn it around. But you're going to have to be active on the waiver wire. You're maybe going to have to drop guys that you don't want to drop. But if you, you know, if you never drop a guy and you don't make the playoffs, what was the point? Um, So if, you know, your record's not where you want it to be right now, just don't be afraid to take risks. Don't be afraid to, you know, max out your waiver acquisitions every week to just maximize games played. So hopefully you can win. And, you know, if you're doing well, um, Leagues are not won at the draft. You know, maybe you've been carrying yourself just off the team that you've drafted so far, but um, if you're going to, you know, want to go all the way, you're still going to need to be active on that waiver wire. Um, and if any listener out there is wondering about my fantasy teams, I am in a 12-man points league and a 10-man 9-cat league, and um, neither of my teams are doing very well so far, so that gives me even more motivation to, you know, follow my own advice And to make these, you know, Fantasy Basketball Week previews the best that they can be. Because I need all the help I can get right now, fellas. Um, And with that being said, you know, let's just get right into the schedule analysis. And the schedule is quite a doozy this week, actually. Um, We have one team playing five games, and that is the San Antonio Spurs. We have four teams. We have ten teams playing four games, and that is Charlotte, Dallas, Detroit, Golden State, Houston, Los Angeles Clippers, Miami, New York, Orlando, and Phoenix. We have 15 teams playing three games. Atlanta, Boston, Brooklyn, Cleveland, Denver, Indiana, Memphis, Milwaukee, New Orleans, OKC, Portland, Sacramento, Toronto, Utah, and Washington. And then we have four teams playing two games. Four teams with two games is rough. Uh, We have Chicago, the Lakers, Minnesota, and Philly. And just a note... The Lakers in Philly do not play their first game until Friday. Um, So, you know, if you have Phillies players or Lakers, just note that they're not going to even play their first game until Friday. Um, So, you know, if you have some fringe guys from those teams, don't be afraid to drop them so you can get some more games Monday through Thursday. And, you know, you could potentially pick them back up for their Friday, uh, for their two games um, starting Friday. Um,. Getting into the number of teams playing each day, on Monday we have 14, Tuesday we have 10, Wednesday we have 20, Thursday we have 6, Friday we have 22, Saturday we have 10, Sunday we have 16. Uh, Getting into the back-to-backs this week, back-to-backs are always important because, you know, you're looking to maximize games here. Pick one guy up, get two games out of him, that's great value. Um, Monday, Tuesday we have the Clippers and the Spurs. Tuesday, Wednesday we have Dallas, New Orleans, and the Knicks. Wednesday, Thursday we have none. Thursday, Friday, we have Detroit. Friday, Saturday, we have the Pacers, Orlando, Philly, and Utah. So Philly, two games this week. Boom, Friday, Saturday, back-to-back. Saturday, Sunday, we have the Spurs. So the Spurs have a Monday, Tuesday, back-to-back, and a Saturday, Sunday, back-to-back, with a game between. Um, If they're Spurs guys, and we're going to talk about a couple here um, coming up, like, you should definitely look at them. Um, And then Sunday, Monday, back-to-backs are always important because Sunday, the last day of week five, Monday, the first day of week six, you can pick up a guy, you know, end your week off good, hopefully, and start your week off good. Um, And 
the guys playing Sunday, Monday back-to-backs are Cleveland, Golden State, Miami, and New York. Um, looking at the low-volume game days this week, are we have Thursday with three games on Thursday. Um, and teams who play on the low-volume game days, a.k.a. teams who play on Thursday, we have the Brooklyn Nets, we have the Detroit Pistons, we have the Los Angeles Clippers, we have the Portland Trailblazers, we have the Sacramento Kings, and we have the San Antonio Spurs. Getting into dudes we're writing about this week, um, I've picked out three guys, and I honestly really enjoy all three, and I think most of them should probably be picked up for this week at the very minimum. Um, And the first man we are talking about is Charles Bassey, 14% roster on Yahoo and 2.2% roster on ESPN. And some of you may be saying, who? And some of you guys also may be thinking, oh, this guy's on the 76ers, right? Um... And Charles Bassey is actually on the Spurs, just got up, picked up very recently on a two-way contract for them. And Spurs players this week are clearly going to be a hot commodity due to their five games. And with the Spurs rotation being so volatile game to game, in a five-game week coming up, Bassey could find himself in a fantastic position to have a very productive week. Um, Bassey, you know, has mainly been Jakob Pertl's backup. Um, but Zach Collins, who is now out indefinitely with a fracture in his left fibula, um, is leaving a lot of minutes to mainly be soaked up by Bassey and probably Jeremy Sochan. Um, in Bassey's four games he's played so far for the Spurs, he's grabbed 32 rebounds and 8 blocks in 62 minutes. Um, at the bare minimum, I think Charles Bassey has a great chance to provide pretty valuable big man production for the short term, aka this week. And with a five-game week, Bassey has a great opportunity to, you know, just stack blocks and rebounds. And for someone who's barely owned, um, honestly think Bassey might be the pickup of the week because sometimes big man stats are, you know, hard to come by. Um, second guy we are talking about is Seth Curry. Seth Curry on the Nets, 38% rush on Yahoo, 23% rush on ESPN. And this is a guy whose percent rostered is just pretty low, um, for one of the best three-point shooters in the league. Um, You know, this is due to him missing time at the beginning of the season. Many people, you know, can't really afford to just keep Seth Curry on their roster um, when you need guys playing in those first couple weeks. Um, And Curry is one of the most important players on the Nets, and he fills in a gigantic role on a team that so desperately needs three-point shooters um, for their offense to, you know, work to flourish. Um, and Curry's two months as a net. And Curry's two months as a net last season. He averaged 15 points, three assists, three rebounds, on 3.1 three pointers made a game with 49, 40, 89 shooting splits. So almost 50, 40, 90 shooting splits from Seth Curry. Um, you know his ceiling is somewhat limited due to just playing with high usage guys and KD, Ben Simmons, Kyrie Irving. Um, but even then. Between his game on Wednesday and Saturday, Seth Curry hit a combined 10 three-pointers. He's so valuable just for your three-pointers made. And Curry is, you know, he's almost as valuable as, for example, two guys I have on my Cat League team right now are Gary Trent Jr. and Sadiq Bey. Um, Two guys, you know, I picked up for the three-pointers made. And they're not really doing that so far this season. um, Where I could pick up a guy like Curry who's already hit 10 threes between two games. And, you know, his game-to-game basis is not as consistent as you would want. But looking at an entire game week or, you know, a month worth of stats, um, those three-pointers made are definitely there. Uh, And Curry, you know, 
this time next week could be rostered at a very much at a much higher percentage. Um, so this may be your last chance to you know snag him up if he's still on your waiver wire. Um, and the last guy we are going to talk about this week is going to be Mr. Killian Hayes, uh, former number seven draft pick who is currently thirteen percent roster on Yahoo and two percent roster on ESPN. Uh, with the news of Cade Cunningham set to miss the Pistons' next three games of their upcoming road trip, um, Killian Hayes becomes extremely attractive for this week's upcoming games. Uh, on Friday, Killian had 11, 7, and 6 in 34 minutes, and on Saturday he followed that up with 15, 7, and 6 in 35 minutes. Um, Killian Hayes, just with Cade out, you know, just steps into a much larger role, um, which really offers him a clear path to, you know, production, um, because the Pistons, you know, Killian Hayes is not a fantastic scorer, um, but he is still a point guard at heart, and his, you know, passing is still very impressive. He is a playmaker at heart, um, so those assist numbers are there. The Pistons need him to, you know, get over that five assists, you know, kind of benchmark, um, so they can hopefully win games, and then the Pistons are also a team where, you know, they want their guards to go and grab those rebounds. They want a Cade Cunningham to grab the rebound and start the break, or a Jaden Ivey to grab the rebound and start the break. Um, so those rebound numbers from Hayes, I think, are somewhat sustainable. Um, so I think, you know, as long as Cade is out for this next week, it looks like, you know, Killian Hayes can provide pretty valuable guard play to a team. Um, and, you know, getting assists off your waiver wire is always uh, a plus. And Killian Hayes also does offer, you know, some steal um, upside. Because on that game on Friday, he had three steals in 34 minutes as well. So I do like Killian Hayes this week. Um, even if he did not live up to Colin and I's expectations when he was drafted. Um, calling him the French James Harden, you know, may have been a bit of a... Uh, uh, a bit of a... Uh, a bit of a miss call on me and Colin's part. Um, getting into the waiver wire pickups, we have our man that we talk about every year uh, for you guys to potentially pick up and that this is the season he's going to have a breakout year. But I'm going to say him again because why not? And that is Marvin Bagley the third, who is now on the Detroit Pistons, got traded last season from the Kings to the Pistons, and then the Pistons signed him to a three-year, $13 million deal, I believe. Um, and the Pistons, you know, signed Marvin Bagley for a purpose. They didn't sign him just for fun, you know. Um, they really did want him to, they saw him as a piece of their team, and they also wanted to, you know, provide some competition to not only Isaiah Stewart, uh, but also to Jalen Duren, who uh, Marvin Bagley is mainly going to be competing with Jalen Duren. Um, I also think they can coexist at the same time. Uh, but just keep your eye on Marvin Bagley because the Pistons, I think, are going to give him a pretty decent enough role to where he, I think he'll be able to produce, you know, fantasy-wise as long as he can keep on the court. Um, other waiver-wire pickups this week, we have Cam Thomas on the Nets, Marcus Morris, Alexei Pokashevsky, um, Herb Jones, who probably shouldn't really be on here, but he kind of had a pretty shaky start to the season, and then he also missed some games, so his percent roster is a bit lower than it probably should be right now. Uh, but he's been playing really well as of late, you know, averaging like 15, 3, and 3. Plus, you know, you get his stocks, um, which is mainly the reason you have Herb Jones is for his defensive stats that he can put up. Um, campaign, if Chris Paul misses any of the games this week, campaign is very attractive. Christian Coloco, uh, because the Raptors are a little thin right now. Pascal Siakam, you know, 
probably set to miss another week and a half at the bare minimum. Um, Precious Ochua out indefinitely. So Christian Coloco and Chris Boucher um, are pretty attractive Raptor front court options. You know, they could also mix some Ken Birch in there. Uh, Malachi Flynn as well for the Raptors, an attractive option. Bruce Brown. Whenever someone on the Nuggets is set to miss a game, um, Bruce Brown is always a very attractive option. Uh, Javante Green of the Bulls, Gabe Vincent, Royce O'Neal, who is playing like 37 minutes a game as of late for the Nets. It's kind of wild. Um, Max Struess, who is just a three-point machine. Mason Plumley, who has actually been playing exceptionally for the Hornets. Um, and now with LaMelo Ball making his season debut on Saturday, you know, that could even help Mason Plumley out even more. Um, Lonnie Walker the fourth. Jalen Suggs, John Wall, Walker Kessler of the Jazz, uh, big man out of Auburn that they drafted. He's actually having quite, um, he's not playing that many minutes. He's only playing like around 13 to 15 a game, but he's actually putting up like two and a half blocks in 13 minutes. It's pretty insane. Um, and I think as the Jazz's season continues, you know, um, the, they probably move away because the Jazz have started off so hot. They're like first seed in the West right now. Um, and I think as they continue, you know, they will regress to the team they actually are. You could see guys like Jordan Clarkson or Mike Conley or even Laurie Markkinen get traded. Um, and I think the Jazz will eventually move to playing Walker Kessler more. So that could be a good, you know, long-term move for anyone who can afford to, you know, maybe take a gamble on Walker Kessler. Um, Kenyon Martin Jr., uh, Andrew Nemhard of the Pacers. While Chris Duarte is out, Andrew Nemhard's going to play a lot. Um, so if you're looking for, you know, guard bench play he could be your guy um javon carter rui hachimura tari eason isaiah jackson and jalen duren um yeah and that is the week five fantasy preview for you guys um as always thank you guys for listening to another episode of bench chatter the common man's nba podcast if you do have any questions you know hit us up on twitter at bench underscore chatter leave us a like leave us a rating and we will see you soon. Peace.